Blog Talk Radio. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to Book Journeys Radio. Uh, this is Angela Loria. I am the, uh, the author incubator, and every week on the show, we talk to another author about their experience writing a book that matters. And this week on the show, I am excited to have Kevin Weir. Kevin's a business coach, and he is the author of First Aid for a Wounded Business. So, Kevin, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Angela. Um, doing great, other than the fact that uh, I was driving over to the office to do this interview, and uh, I was driving up the road, and the road got closed. So I had oh. to make a complete and total detour and just charged in here. So it's one of those things well, where sometimes you just got to roll with the flow bit. and just have fun, even though you're just going, why did this have to happen right now? Oh, God. Well, I'm glad you're here. And uh, yep. I know we started a minute or two late today, but hopefully uh, hopefully we'll get back on track. And, um, and you can tell us a little bit about First Aid for a Wounded Business. How did you come to write the book? And well, uh, very interesting. Um, yeah, so I'm a business coach, and one of the things we do is we work with small business owners to help them really grow and develop their business. And what was happening is when the recession hit in 2009, uh, we would offer complimentary coaching sessions to business owners, and they would come in, and we'd give them all the ideas in the world, and then we talked about investing in coaching. Uh, they would just have no money whatsoever, and some of them would say, you know, how can I pay for coaching if I don't even know if I'm going to be able to make payroll in, in a week? So we were, I was in the hallway in our office here, and my business development manager just said, geez, this feels like a business emergency room at times. The only problem is, is that we're working for free. I said, you know, that's a good point, uh, Don. And I'm thinking to myself, what if I could sell them a small resource like a a almost like a first aid guide of what do you need to do to stop your business from bleeding to death. So I mm. went out online and I started uh, doing some research. I wanted to find a book that was applicable. And I spent hours researching and I couldn't find anything. And so one day I thought I might as well just write it. So I got I'm the idea. To write it. <laughs> What's that? I'm just going to have so to I write just, it. I can't find it. <laughs> Yeah, I can't write. I can't find it. So I decided to write it. So that's basically what ended up happening. Yeah. So from the time where you got the idea, I guess I'm just going to have to write this thing, until the book was written, do you have a guess at how long that whole process took? Well, you know, it was 2009 when I did the research to find it. And uh, having never read, uh, written a book before, I just started – you know, kind of thinking about it and processing it. And then one day in February 2010, I was sitting in a Starbucks over in Tacoma, Washington, getting ready to meet with a new client of mine. And I had, you know, I had like two hours to kill. So I flipped open my laptop and it just started coming out of me. 
and I just started mm. I just started putting an outline together. And it just so basically it was about a year and a half from the time I got that conceptual idea to the time I actually started putting something on computer, something that I could actually sink my teeth into. Yeah, and so and so, how long would you say that it took you for to to have that from when you started writing to have the manuscript? Yeah, so when I started in February of 2010, once I got the outline done, and I started basically just going from chapter to chapter to chapter, and I finally got a manuscript by October of that year. And I can tell you uh, very interestingly is that I would take little bits and pieces of it. My biggest chunk of writing uh, was on an international flight. Uh, it was August hmm. of 2010, and I had an action coach conference in Barcelona, Spain. And so obviously mm-hmm. from Seattle to Barcelona, that's quite a long flight and back. Well, guess what I did? Okay. I bought the laptop, and I went crazy both ways, just going wild so, writing. And that got a lot done this there. This is great. This is great. I wanted to stop and focus on this point a little bit. One of the things that I uh, teach in my free year and our author program is finding your author mojo. And what that's about is not accepting um, some of the some some of the ways that people will tell you to write a book is to, you know, before you do anything else in the morning, make sure you write five pages, you know, before 7 a.m. or something. And the thing is that might work for someone, but everyone has their own way that they're productive. And knowing that I mean, this is a great thing for you to know about yourself and a great thing for people to check in with about themselves is knowing that in that environment you can be super productive. It's it's great to not expect yourself to be great at writing for an hour a day every day if you're the type of person who works really well in isolated chunks when you have no other distractions. So lots of yep. you know lots of different ways to get your get your book written. I have somebody who wrote their book. One of my clients wrote her book in fifteen minute chunks, and then I have other people that have written it in almost a weekend, kind of the way that you did. Um, you know, maybe not all of it, but banged out a whole massive lot of it because they were able to get a couple you know a couple quiet days in a row. So yep. I think that's just a great lesson about finding your own way and running your own race with your book so that's that's great yeah yeah and i think the biggest thing with me yeah the biggest thing with me what the biggest thing with me was that i had to keep some level of forward momentum going there would Mm -hmm. be times when um i'm typically would write my book in the evenings or on weekends and i would typically know I knew how much I could do and I would start and there were some times I could go for two hours and I was really flowing and other times I'd open it up 30 minutes later I was done there's just something is not working today and I had to know what that point was because there would be times when I was just totally off my mental game and then I'd open up like two days later when I went back to it and I read what I wrote I'm thinking who is this person that wrote this this is nuts and I'd have to edit right. you know, com- uh, completely. But it's interesting for me, when I'm on an airplane, it's like for some reason I'm in head-down, go-for-it mode, whether it's reading a book or doing whatever, 
When I'm in an airplane, I it's almost like I'm locked in. My mind says, well, there's nothing much else mm-hmm. you can do, so lock it in. And that's what I did. Let's do it. Yeah, that's a great thing to know. A great thing to know for the next book. What yep, were, what absolutely. were the hard parts between February and October? Is about, I guess, seven months to really go from outline to completed manuscript. What, what were some of the places you got hung up, and how did you get through some of those challenges? Um, I think the biggest thing where I got hung up with was just really figuring out what would be the best way to say a certain thing. Um, I did have to do some research to make sure that some of the information I was putting out was valid. Um, I guess where I probably did get hung up the most is developing the characters and giving them the feel. Because the way my book is written, it's an allegory story, um, such as, um, you know, like uh, if anybody's ever read any Michael Gerber or Brad Sugar's mm-hmm. book, I wanted to make it an allegory story so the reader could relate to the characters. And there would be times that I would be in the middle of the book, and, the, uh, and if I knew exactly what I wanted to say, I wanted to know what did that character feel when their coach told them to do that. And sometimes I would go back and forth going, okay, what's the right, you know, what was the conflict there? What did they have to feel? Because the book itself can't just be about information. It has to communicate an emotion to connect to the reader. So what I really focused in on then is making that connection that when a business owner reads it, they connected at an emotional level with the business owner character in the book. And that was sometimes a blockage because I would go back and forth on that. But a lot of it was just, you know, like the Nike slogan, just do it, get it out there. And if it's not perfect, just do it because in the editing process is when you can refine it. Right. And what um, were there periods where you uh, actually had writer's block or where you wanted to write? Like, was there a time that you sat down and said, today I'm going to write my book, and, like, you just couldn't get words on paper? Um, you know, there were times, yes. And that's where... Um, I would basically have to go, my mentality is, if I got one sentence down, I got something accomplished, and that's okay. Mm, okay. I Great. think with other writers that I've talked to, when they have writer's block, they go into a negative mindset, and they start beating mm-hmm. themselves up. I learned exactly. long ago, uh, when I started writing this book, is that if I got one sentence written, in a 45-minute or an hour time span, and that's all I did, I got something done. I actually accomplished mm-hmm. something. And I think mm-hmm. that is one of the best ways to get over writer's block is just that. Do not focus in on your lack of production. Focus in on what you got accomplished no matter what. Mm-hmm. Love that. Fantastic advice. Fantastic advice. So... When you, um, as you were writing, at what point, let me ask it this way, at what point in the process did you start thinking about how you would publish? Well, I obviously thought about it, you know, as I was starting to write. And I kind of start thought thinking, well, how am I going to publish this book? And And so that kind of, 
you know, as I was writing it, the thoughts came up, but the real, you know, the real, uh, you know, action steps really didn't come in until I was about halfway through the editing process. Mm-hmm. And then talk us through those. How did you, how did yeah. you make your decision of how you published? Well, the biggest thing is that I had a person here in Spokane who um, worked at the Journal of Business do the initial editing. And it looked great, but I didn't know anything about self-publishing. And I was having a conversation with my brother-in-law, who who is an executive uh, with Amazon. And so I'm telling him about this, and he goes, well, did you realize that Amazon has a thing called CreateSpace? And I said, I had no idea. So I looked at it, and I thought, that's fine, but I had no idea how to do a, a book to cover design or do the processing. So... I found a uh, person in Atlanta who uh, did all of the uh, who did all of that stuff the uh, the cover design the you know the formatting the editing and so I decided to invest some money with her and she took it all the way through the process and get it all ready uh, so that we could put it uh, onto CreateSpace which then puts it right up onto Amazon. And so how do you how do you feel about that decision? Did you have any doubts or regrets? Did you think about going a more traditional route? What's what's worked and what hasn't? Give us a break. Well, I think if I had gone a more traditional route, um I certainly could have done that, you know, but I guess to me I wasn't ready for the intense effort to approach publishers and jump through all of the hoops that they required because to me I wanted to get this out as a resource not only in my local market but globally and if I only sold if I you know obviously wouldn't it be great to get your book inside of Barnes and Noble and in Barters at the time obviously and other bookstores and sell you know 100,000 copies and instantly become a New York Times bestseller that would be great but I mm-hmm. guess to me, I wanted to get this thing out there for an audience who could benefit from it right away. Yeah. So to you, and this is a great thing to this is a great thing to think about is to you the speed was more important than some of the other some of the other advantages that might come with alternatives. And so knowing that helped make that decision um, I was going to say not painful, but a clear, you know, that yeah. made it a clear decision that you weren't willing to wait for, you know, a year and a half or two years because that wasn't going to meet your other goals. So, again, in the in the difference process, uh, one of the steps is to focus on your outcome. And so knowing that speed was a part of your outcome helped determine the right publishing method for you. Yeah. And then you ended up, um, and this is another this is another great lesson. You ended up self-publishing, but you did it in a way that you didn't have to become an expert in um, in self-publishing. You're already an expert in coaching, yeah. <laughs> and so you um, and so you outsourced some of that. How did you make a decision about uh, just kind of doing a cost-benefit analysis? Um, of, of how much to spend on someone to work with. Because obviously if you're self-publishing and paying for people to help you, you could spend $1,000, you could spend $10,000. Right. 
Right. So how do you know what kind of investment to make? How do you make that decision? Well, a couple things on that. Number one is that I knew that I couldn't do this myself. So I paid the initial publisher a couple hundred dollars here, and he did the, the initial. But I also knew that I took a look at what's the value of my time. And when I looked at the challenge of putting it, the, the book together in a professional-looking uh, process that would basically lend itself credibility, I knew that, okay, I could probably learn how to do it, but how many hours would that take, and what's the value of my time? And what am I good at? I'm good at writing. I am not good at you know, doing design and formatting and all the other technical details. So I'm also got, I'm also, uh, I'm with a, uh, a service called ITEX, which is a trade, and I do some, uh, a small portion of my business I do on trade. And so I had some trade dollars that I had available, and I found a person in ah. who would take trade dollars. And so she said, you know, it was $2,500 in trade. Uh, dollars and she did it all and as I said I thought she did a great job for what um, it took long a lot longer than I would have liked because you know the you know everything that you think takes what it takes it took a lot longer so it right. finally they say, got like, done double the time yeah. and yeah twice the cost and twice the time or whatever yeah yeah. Yeah. So obviously, yeah. When I when I when I got out, came on board with her, I figured this was a thirty to forty five day process. It actually took about ninety days to get Three it all months. the way That's through. That's what because, I find. Yeah. Yeah. Back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. Yeah. Yep, I think that's, I mean, three months I think is pretty standard from when your manuscript is finished to when you can imagine holding your book. There are certainly yep. ways to do it faster. I mean, if you're doing nothing else and you're willing to, you know, pull out your credit card, you can get it done faster. But I think 90 days is a good expectation. Um, yeah, and obviously probably. that's a lot different than a traditional publisher where you're looking at, like I said, 18 months, two years. So. So how did you know how did you know what success would look like? How how did you know what you wanted from this book? Well, uh what I wanted from this book is number one, credibility of being a published author. One of the things I realized right away in writing this book is that the book in of itself wasn't going to make me rich. Now, obviously, there are some people who make their money off of book authoring. What the, I knew right away what this book was designed to do is lend to the level of credibility that would say, hey, I want to work with somebody like this who's a published author. Number two, it actually gave me my own, very own tool that I could give Two business owners. And so now all of a sudden, if I got a uh, business owner who's brand spanking new with me, I said, okay, your homework is to read First Aid for a Wounded Business. Here it is. And you can see who the author is. And they said, you're a published author? I said, absolutely. Now all of a sudden, they feel a connection with me as their business coach. When they're reading the words in that book, they can feel the way I'm going to work with them. And that's a huge amount of the client feeling that I know they know what I'm doing and I'm there for them. And so also, let's take that yeah. before we get to also because I think that's a great point. So yeah. you have had clients before being an author and you have had clients after. Can you yes. give us a, 
a specific example or maybe something that's happened that kind of shows that could that could show us it's different? Like I get it yeah. in theory, but yeah. like, give me an example um, of how it's different. Okay, let me give you a good example of that. Before I was a published author, I was using other books. Great stuff, great resource. Now where I became a published author, let's, uh, there was, I'll give you an example. I had a cli- I've got a current client who was literally bleeding to death. And I said, here's the outline of how we're going to work. And it's my book, and I've done this before. And what mm-hmm. I got him to do is literally walk through step by step and prove out everything that's in the book. And as he did things and he came back to me, it was incredible the level of, you know, first of all, self-satisfaction on my part, feeling I've really helped this individual. But mm-hmm. being it became a, a positive voice that, this, that says, hey, this guy knows what he's doing. He's not only written the book, but I've used his book, and it works. That's awesome. That is yeah. awesome. That has to feel really good. It feels great. I think that the, you know, it's a big mindset thing. It's seeing it in a book form for some reason makes people say, like, okay, I'm going to try this stuff, even if some of it sounds crazy or I don't think it's going to work or I have other things I should be doing right now rather than doing this thing, that it feels so real in a book form as opposed to if you just printed out worksheets with all the same information on it. It just has a different uh, psychological effect on clients. Sure does. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, now I cut you off. Do you remember the second thing? <laughs> uh, no, but I think I've pretty much covered what I wanted to cover with that. But, no, thank you so much. That's a, a great lead-in probably to your next question. It is. So here's the thing is people want to write a book that makes a difference. And for many people, and you, you alluded to this before, but for many people when they say, I want to write a book that makes a difference, they're immediately thinking New York Times bestseller, uh, The Today Show. And that is great. And it's, a, it's one way to write a book that makes a difference. Um, but I think you've given a great example of another way that a book makes a difference is just even the – you know, 20, 30, 40 coaching clients you might deal with in a year, getting them to move faster through their own work and knowing that a book will help them do that can be, yeah. you know, can can be another way a book makes a difference. And there's lots more. There's there's not yeah. just those two ways. There's lots of ways. So yeah. what are and some of the I'll ways I'll tell you another way it's made a difference, and I'll give you yeah, the story on question. this. Yeah. Um, the, I have a fellow coach, action coach in New York, who read my book. And he told me, he says, Kevin, I want to order a bulk order of your books because this book is not only meant for wounded businesses. It's also for good, solid businesses that could take to the next level because a lot of the principles you talk about can be implemented. He says, I want to give it to every one of my clients. And what that really did is now, all of a sudden, I'm helping other business coaching practitioners with a tool that can help them accomplish something that they may not have been able to accomplish with any other resource. So now it's a resource for those individuals too. Wow. That's good. That's really good. And so and was that a surprise to you? I mean, did you go into your book saying, here's how I want to use my book? You know, that's. I wanted to, you know, obviously I wanted to have uh, help solve people's problems. And I wanted it to 
you know, reach out and you know, and be something a resource for these business owners bleeding to death. But no, I didn't realize. I guess I never anticipated that other coaches would want to use it on their clients. And I it was mm-hmm. very. It's it, to me, it was very gratifying to see to see that. Yeah, that's gorgeous. Any other surprises that have come to you, things that happened as an author, conversations that you've had or opportunities that have come up that have surprised you? Um, you know, I think the biggest thing that it's done is that allows me to get speaking engagements much easier because before getting speaking engagements was very difficult. All of a sudden when you say, hey, I'm a published author, here's my book on Amazon, now all of a sudden it's like, yeah, of course we'd love to have you speak at our organization. And that has wow. really helped me open doors to to uh, have a greater exposure of who I am and what I can do for business owners uh, regionally here in the Pacific Northwest. And certainly someday that would be hopefully nationally. So, um, yes, absolutely. So if you meet somebody or when you meet somebody, I'm sure this happens to you frequently, when you meet somebody and they hear you're an author and they say, wow, that's amazing, I really wish that I could write a book, I've always wanted to write a book, I you know, haven't been able to get it done, what advice do you give them or what advice would you give somebody who really wants to write a book but just hasn't quite made it over the finish line? I think the first uh, thing is the decision in of itself. Um, I believe it was um, Tony Robbins uh, said that one time, he said that the greatest power that you have is in the power of decision. Because now the thing is, is that um, if, you know, when, cause people have asked me this before, and I always ask them, have, you know, is there a reason why you haven't started? Well, you know, they kind of give me excuses. And I said, well, the power, you know, you have the, the greatest power you have is in the power of decision. So if you decide I want to do it, then the very first thing, for, the first of all is the power to do it. Is and decide. The second thing is, don't try to eat the elephant in one bite. Just start jotting some notes down. How do you want the book to be laid out? What are some of the the bullet points? If you don't ever start somewhere, it's never going to come to fruition. Because for eighteen months, I nothing happened until I absolutely number one made the decision. And then number two, started even the most basic of outlines. Wow. Yeah, right. There's a lot of power in, in decision. And, um, and there's a lot of power, too, in the, in the maybe. You know, like, I think I'm going to do this. It's like once you really commit and get off the fence about it, I think a lot of, uh, a lot of the magic really starts to happen. So um, the Absolutely. one thing that the one thing that we didn't mention is your website, and I and I'm sorry about that, but I know people will be interested in first aid for wounded businesses um, to check it out as a model um, or to uh, actually read it as a book. So where can people go to get uh, to learn more about you and to get a copy of the book? Well, the copy of the book uh, it is offered at Amazon and on uh, at uh, BarnesandNoble.com. It is available in both paperback and Kindle and Nook. Um, to learn more about me, uh, you can either go to www.actioncoachspokane, that's S-P-O-K-A-N-E dot com, or you can also go to actioncoach.com forward slash 
Kevin Weir. So um, that's definitely something to look at. And I definitely, just to let you know, I am going to be in the process of writing book number two. And the working title is First Aid for a Wounded Dental Practice. And I'm actually going to be co-authoring it with uh, uh, Tracy Lenneman, who is a uh, world-famous individual in the dental consulting business and uh, works in the hygiene field. And she actually lives in London, but uh, she's also one of my family members. So we're excited, and we're just going to get the process started. Yay. Well, I'm excited about that. Kevin Weir, thank you so much for being our guest on Book Journeys Radio. Um, I think people have learned a lot from your experience, and I'm I'm glad that you shared it with us today. Well, thank you so much, Angela, and I appreciate the opportunity to speak to your audience and to talk with you today. Thank you so much. Thank you. And every week on Book Journeys Radio, we talk to another author about how to make a difference with your book. So together, we're changing the world one book at a time.